Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I got to tell you, people, I have a new advertiser. You got to check this, this. This is a great product, especially if you're out there, if you're drinking, if you're partying. It's uh, it's Blowfish for Hangovers. What it is, is it's a, it's, it's a great product. It's an effervescent morning after hangover remedy. And its formulization is recognized by the FDA as an effective in the treatment of hangovers. And so when you get it, it's the real stuff. It's not some herbal BS. It's real medicine. It's got pain reliever to get you feeling great and caffeine to get you back in the game. And it's fast acting and it's got a really nice lemon flavor. And what's good about it is, is as I say, like in this past Labor Day weekend, you may have drank too much. And if you had had it, you could take that and feel good. Now, you can get it at CVS at Walgreens or you can go to their website, which is 4hangovers, F-O-R, not the letter, the number, 4hangovers.com. Get it. And if you add a Cooper in the promo code Cooper, you get 20% off. So go check that out. Support one of my sponsors because, you know, I always like to have sponsors so I can keep bringing you guys Cooper talk. Anyway, we have a great show today. It's so weird how I found my guest. Uh, she, Deborah Foreman was on and then they were talking about this this 80s weekend in, and I always pronounce it wrong, it's Punta Canta or whatever it is, we'll talk about that and she said, my guess is Diane Franklin she said she's going to be there, so I, I contacted Diane on Twitter and next thing you know, we have Diane, how you doing Diane? I am wonderful thank you so much for having me on this show Steve. Oh I want to, it's funny because you know, we'll talk about your career but I always say the one movie, you know, Better Off Dead but we're going to get off that, I mean basically if I say if you're if you're over 40 and you haven't seen that I don't want to hang out with you. I, I was that one, like, and I said to someone, "Did you?" They go, "I never saw that." I go, "You never." Saw, I said, "How can you?" But even... of course, you must. You must watch Better Off Dead because if you don't, you are not hip. You have to be. <laughs> I always. I, this is one of those classic. It's like one of those classic movies. But, it is. But we'll talk about that. But we want to talk about you now. You're originally from New York, I believe. I'm originally from New York, uh, born in Long Island, and uh, I came. Uh, I've been acting since I was like ten years old. Um, but I, act, I started acting not, I had no connections, absolutely none. Um, uh, in fact, I was um, just, uh, uh, I'm actually, I wrote another book. I wrote a book originally that's on Amazon. And I'm writing another one. And I was thinking about how I started in the entertainment business. And, you know, I just went to a regular public high school. And, uh, but I was acting at the same time. And, and uh, so it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, I think when you're from New York, you kind of are the kind of person that, you want to make things happen. You just you just see the world and you go, I, I got to make things happen. So I think that was just kind of the, I was, wasn't in the city, but I was in Long Island. And so I sort of saw the world in a way that, um, you know, just go after it if it's there. So I think that being a, a back East person that gave me that uh, drive. Well, what made you want to get into acting? I mean, you said you started at 10. There had to be something that guided you in that direction. Was it just something one, like I get some people who say they were, very shy so they told their parents right. put them in an acting class what made you choose i mean at 10 because it, it is a young age and you know yeah. how do you how do you start what what made you want to start acting well here's the interesting part you know i um i have a book and it uh it's called diane franklin the excellent adventures of the last american french exchange babe of the 80s very verbose don't remember that just go to diane franklin at amazon if you want to get that um but um What's, what's interesting, the book talks about the details of that, but what I will say about my experience is that I was actually a very shy kid, and um, I was very, um, it, it's funny, I love I loved acting because I watched it on TV when I was very young. I watched, like, um, you know, my parents didn't really take me to the theater. They took me to the opera, um, but they, once in a while, my dad would take me into New York because he worked in the city. But my personal experience was like, I was raised as an only kid, um, because my sister was way older than me. She was like 19 years older than me. So, um, my experience was that I wasn't, com I, I just wasn't as social as I think a lot of kids. I was a little shyer, but at the same time, um, I was raised sort of with television. So I loved watching TV and then my parents were very loving, very like they listened to me and they um, they spoke this a German accent, you know, like this. So I was raised with, um, I was raised by immigrants. I was actually the first person in my family born in America. So I think I always felt like I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't American, but I just didn't feel like the other kids. 
and I couldn't relate to a lot of the experiences. My parents were into sports, so I, I did wasn't exposed to that. So I think that there's a lot of things that um, I think when you're a kid, the more you expose your kids to things, the more confident they'll be. And so for me, when I was growing up, I was more I was shyer, but I was. I just always loved to sing and dance and act. And I felt that way ever since I was four years old. So, I mean, I was the kind of kid, like, we play music in the house on the, on the record player. <laughs> and I would dance in the living room. And it wouldn't matter if anyone was watching. I was just like, I'd feel the music. I, I used to write poetry and I used to draw. My dad was a printer. He'd bring home paper. And so I was a very uh, creative kid. Um, I wasn't lonely but I was because I, I had a very deep creative life and my parents were very supportive but I was but I just would say things like I really want to be on TV I want to be on TV and uh, I want to act and I want to do anything that it takes to do that so um, I just kept my interest until I was like 10 years old and then bam you know my parents said okay well we'll take you to an agent and they didn't know what they were doing so it, believe me, if you want to be an actor, uh, the you or you know a singer, or whatever, you have to uh, just ask questions, look around. You have to investigate and search um, because it's not going to be dropped in your lap. You know that is so true. Um, it's funny because my mother and and I to this day I still do it. She said always ask a question because yeah. if you don't, you're going to look stupider than the question you ask usually. <laughs> yeah, and you know you have you know it's funny. I mean. I actually teach kids now too. I teach them acting, and so I see a lot of kids. Um, I work with kids, I believe, kindergarten through eighth, and then I work with ninth graders uh, through twelfth for uh, teaching improv, and then adults. I, you know, um, like people in their twenties, uh, coach them for auditions. Um, and uh, my feeling about it is that in every single case, if you want something in life. Don't listen to people who tell you you can't do it. You have to just trust your gut and go after it. And I mean, seriously, why shouldn't you go after it? There's no reason um, except for the fact that maybe somebody says you can't. And even if you're not good at something, well, it doesn't mean you can't get better. So I really, ha um, I have to say, like, if there's my back, my backbone is more about not ego, but just desire. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Well, that's just, it's you have to have desire, and you know that's a thing. It's a and you're right. You can get better, but of course there are some people who don't get better, and you feel bad for them. But then they usually know when they're not getting better. I mean, you laugh, so it's okay, right? Exactly. So now, so so you're ten. You're going into the city. Do you, how was it to get? Did you get an agent pretty easily, or what was that whole process for being a kid too? I know. You know, um, no, it wasn't easy. I think first agent that I got, um, I think we, my parents, uh, I mean, I didn't really know what was going on. My parents paid somebody to, to send me out on auditions, which you never do. You never pay someone to get you auditions. Um, but you have to have somebody, an agent has to believe in you enough. That's why when you go to see an agent or a manager, you know, they have to believe in you strongly enough to want to work for you for free until you book and get work and then you pay them from that. So that's why that's a little tricky, but that gives you the incentive to work harder and figure out what is it that you don't know, you know, whether you need training or you need, you know, plays, do plays or work experience. Um, so what happened was I, uh, first, I think with agent we went to was not that good, and then we they but we heard word of mouth through somebody else, and then I went to a modeling agency, um, and then after that, then we got word on um, to a woman who is uh, was a manager, and the thing is I. I I started with modeling, but then my career was cut short by my five foot two stature. So <laughs> it was like, what do you do now? You know, everyone else is growing, so I gotta move on. So that kind of brought me to commercials, and that's when I started with an agent. And I remember going for the audition uh, to, to meet the eighth, the manager, and she was this, you know. Um, Upper East Side cigarette smoking woman who's like, you know, okay, honey, let's talk, you know. And uh, so, like, and my mother was like, what do we do? I don't know what to do with this. And I'm like, I really just want to act. So uh, she's like, okay, I'll give you a, ch a chance. We'll, we'll try it. And in retrospect, what's so funny is agents that are gruff or, you know, like hard um, edge, I have to tell you, they work hard for you, you know. And, uh, so if you're auditioning and you meet somebody who's maybe not so um, 
comfortable with you, that's not their job. Their job is to get you work and they have to be aggressive and assertive and direct to get you those auditions. And so my manager, uh, her name was Barbara Jarrett, she was uh, you know, just a, an amazing manager. I mean, she just got me in on all these auditions and I did not have the credits and the experience that, you know, one would expect to be able to get out there, but she was a really aggressive, assertive person, and she was very direct, and she was, it was great, and I went on a lot of auditions. Now, when did you start booking? Because, you know, it's something that, you know, you hear some people who have gone 100 auditions, and then all of a sudden they get it, or you hear some people go, oh, my second audition, I booked something. When did you start booking your first things? Um, I think I booked, well, it's because I started with modeling, I think I got my first modeling job at 10. And then when I started doing commercials, probably was like, I'm thinking 12 or 13. Um, and the, what I did was in order to book, like I had a weird thing as an actress, like to me, and even at a young age, it was like, I wanted to work. So I would say to myself, I want to work once a month. Now, and as an actor, you're like, how can you even say that to yourself? What's up with that? So I would say, okay, I don't care if it's, modeling or a commercial or an extra or a hand model or a um or a movie or whatever whatever it is i i want to book something once a month so in my head when i did that it was sort of like it gave me i, I mean i just did it in my head that i wanted to do that so when i went on the auditions um i just what it did was it opened my spectrum of what i was going for um, for an example, like even when I was like doing films, I would go on commercial auditions and you know, some people would be like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. You know, like, what are you doing once you do a film or lead? And that's not the way the business works. I mean, if you want to work as an actor, you want to work, you know, it's not like you're, you get above it. Um, actors are happiest, I think, when they're working. I mean, I used to love, my vacations were when I got work. You know, that was to me like a, just brilliant. You know, I just loved it. So it, we are, the acting life is a little different than I think, or perhaps even any kind of um, freelance work is, is a different than a regular nine to five because you live for work. Whereas most of the time people live for the weekend, you know, they're like, oh, I can't wait till Friday, you know? So um, it's a different head, but I think when, for me, I've just, that was my, what I wanted. And, you know, I really didn't know any different only because I started so young. Now, you, you started booking commercials, right? You, you worked a lot of commercials? I started with commercials and voiceover and theater. I did a play in New Jersey um, at the, uh, what was it? Uh, the, I did the Happy Journey from Camden to Trenton at the McCadden Theater in New Jersey. What part of New Jersey um, was it? Um, gosh, I'm thinking it was near Princeton. Okay, because I'm, I'm from New Jersey, so. Yeah, I think it was a it's, a, it's a huge theater there. I think it was near Princeton, but I um, forgot the town specifically. And uh, what was really fun about that, I think I did that at 15, and I got to take a month off school, okay? <laughs> and that is a great thing. When you're 15 and you take a month off school, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Um, of course, I had to like do, you know, homework and stuff during that time, uh, you know, when I when I was in school, um, I mean, when I was, you know, off, I had to still do work. Um, the only thing I will have to say is that uh, I, they put me down from honors English to regular English during that year because I had to miss a month. But still, uh, it was a great experience. And um, as from coming from public school, it was really fun. And at that time, people didn't do it. I mean, people did not go on auditions. It was not a given. Even my school was like, what are you doing? No one, I guess um, there was only one other actor years before, John Savage. He went to my high school. Okay. And, but other than that, nobody really did it. So today, I think it's a it's a little different. I think more people, you know, take off for events or schools or, you know, maybe sporting events. I don't know. So it's a different world now. So you're, you're doing the play, you're doing commercials, and, and you're, you know, you're making money. You're doing what you wanted to do. I mean, oh, that's mm -hmm. awesome. And now when did you start to get in auditions for movies? And because, you know, some of the movies, I said you've been in some classics. When did, when did you uh, start getting the movie auditions? Well, I remember I definitely got a movie audition when I was like 12 or 13 for um, The Exorcist. I auditioned for The Exorcist. And that was uh, so funny because I remember getting the script and there were so many words in it that I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to audition for this film. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. So um, uh, 
I didn't get it, of course. Um, uh, I think I, I was young. I was really young. But um, at the same time, you know, I know that they were looking, you know, for young girls to be able to play the role. So it is kind of interesting that even in New York at that time, I was able to, you know, they sent me the script. So, um, I mean, I actually didn't read the script. So I read the sides. But uh, that was a really fun movie to go for. So I started going probably around 12 or 13 and, for audition for films. And your first movie was The Last American Virgin? Um, well, actually, I did an extra role when I was about 15 or 16 for, um, and was it Endless Love? Endless Love. Okay. An extra part. And that was my first, like, I, I remember I was on set and with Brooke Shields, and I had done modeling with Brooke Shields when she was really young. Um, maybe she was like 11 or something at the time or 10. Maybe she was even younger. But I did, I did modeling with her then. But then when we did that, when she did that film, um, that was an amazing experience. And I think that really kind of, actually that was a time where I actually thought, well, should I continue acting or not? Because she was so lovely and so nice. And I always had a thing when I was younger where why can't people in the business, you know, so here they're like, you know, unhappy and miserable. And, you know, there's all this kind of negative connotation to, to young actresses in a certain way um, at the time. And uh, she was the most lovely, well-balanced, sweet person. And I thought, why do I even need to be an actress? She's, you know, she's doing everything. She's the lead. She's lovely. She's a good actress. Um, I just was really impressed. And then at that point, I realized, you know, there's room for more than one person. I can do this. So um, I think that was kind of a turning point for me with acting that I decided I was going to definitely do it as a career. Um, but... You know, you never know when you're when you know job opportunities come up. So uh, that was, I would say, my first. But Last American Virgin, well, I did a soap opera after that. That I had some more experience doing roles um, for As the World Turns. But then Last American Virgin was my first role, and it was a lead, which was quite amazing. Yeah, now how did that come about? Because it is, it's your first. It's a movie. It's not like it said. It's. And, and it's a Hollywood movie, and, and you're an unknown, and you got the lead. How was that audition process? Did you have to go back and back and back, and how did they pick you when you weren't a name? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I have a very good answer to that, actually, um, and that is actually has to do with my new book, um, for the real answer, um, that I'm going to be having come out in October, so you guys will know about it. And uh, uh, it's, it, I think that for whatever... At least from my standpoint, I had been acting um, for so many years. The, by the time Virgin came around, I was ready to do it. Um, I know that there were several parts of it that it was a combination of everything coming together for me. Um, the The fun story about it is that I was going to NYU at the time, and I was actually majoring in biochemistry. I had acted all those years, saved my money, and decided I wanted to go to college. My parents would never be able to afford it, and I put that money towards college. So I, I'm there in NYU. I'm ready. I have to take my uh, chemistry test, and my agent uh, had called me before and said that uh, I had this audition for this film, Last American Virgin, and they were only seeing people at this time, this time, you know, in the day, and that's it. So when I said, no, I'm not going, I have this test, I got to take it, and I let my hair go curly, and I went to take my test. And at a certain point when I took my test, I thought, oh my gosh, I have a better chance of getting a lead in a feature film than I do passing this exam. <laughs> so <laughs> I really, I was like, oh my gosh. So I, you know, put all the answers in. I think I like wound up, um, you know, trying to get out of the class because I knew that I wasn't going to pass it. I throw the exam into the the uh, teacher's lap, I, I run off, I get into a, a, a bus and a train and I get all, you know, like a subway, run uptown and I meet um, Boaz, David, um, not Boaz, uh, Menachem and Yoram, Golan and Globus. Um, and I think they were like on their way out and I don't even remember if they had me read. I, I think they did not and I just remember them saying, we want you next week to come to LA, we're gonna fly you in, we're gonna screen test you. And I was like, what? Okay, so it can happen that fast. I mean, it was really fast. So the following week, I flew into LA, they flew me in, and I screen tested. And if they said whoever gets it stays, and so I 
read the lines, did the parts, screen tested with different guys, with different um, Garys, and uh, and then I got the role, and we started working right away. I think maybe a week or two later, started the film. What so was, it, it happened so quick. Yeah, what was that like? You know, had you been to LA before or no? I'd never been into been to LA. I came by myself, which was I was nineteen. So, um, and my parents were home. They were like, "What's happening? What's going on?" And I'm like, "I'll be back." Um, but they had known. You know, I was in the business for so long, and they trusted my manager and the people that I was involved with. So um, that was kind of a funny thing. And I flew by myself, went to do this film. Um, it was so exciting, and it was so. Um, I would have to say just like a dream come true. It really was. Uh, and what was really nice was that all of the people on the film were all, it was kind of their first film. Okay. Uh, Steve Anton, I think he did he did a movie with Jodie Foster before, but it was pretty much all of our first films, so we all kind of learned together, and I think that's what made it such a nice experience. That must have been good. I mean, that must have been, you know, it's it's almost like, it's like, it's college, except it's yep. it's not biology or whatever you're studying it's actual like a college because you guys are all learning and you're yep. not and you're and you're excited and you're not bitter mm-hmm. and it must be just exactly no, exactly I and mean, that is a, a very interesting point the first film you do i mean as an actor the first big part you get you bond with everybody so deeply and so that when because i got a lead and the people who, who also got leads were all our first time we really got really really close we're still friends to this day so that that's the first thing exactly and so um and boaz the director was so just like such a kind and generous and sweet man I mean he I can't say nice enough things about Boaz he's just a lovely man and wonder what a nice director and he knew you know that um I was nervous we were all nervous you know to, to start um but we were very earnest I have to say the entire cast really wanted to do a, a good job and um it's funny like all I can say this when you get an opportunity to to do something uh, and you wanted to for so long, you just really spend your time and focus on it, and you just you don't take it for granted. You're on time. You 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 know you do your work well. Um, you know your lines. Um, um, and we just and the people were so nice. Steve uh, Anton was a doll, super sweet. Um, he was a little bit older than me, as well as Kimmy. They were a little bit older, but they were. But it was nice because they were um, very caring and like nurturing like just really fun and nice people and then um Lawrence was younger he was like 17 when we did it and uh he was super sweet but he was also because he had so many lines and he was so into it he was very into his role and so he would kind of go off and do his thing so we 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 all became friends um I, I don't know we became friends but then like it was sort of um everybody went off you know it just depended who you did your scene with um so i i would have liked to have seen the guys do their scenes together i i wasn't around as much for that so but it would have been fun to see like joe and uh to see the first scene in the film would have been really fun where they were like meeting the girls at the house that would have been really cool well that movie i mean because back in new jersey we had something called prism and Prism mm-hmm. was like an HBO, and that we would see a lot of those movies on Prism. Because I remember when that movie mm-hmm. came out, my my girlfriend in high school loved that movie. I mean, she was just like, that was one of her favorite yeah, movies. Interesting. I'm surprised because I thought um, I never hear about a lot of girls liking it, um, but guys, of course, like it. But you love me, then you hate me. So what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so so after you in that movie. Do you feel like your career is getting momentum? And because all of a sudden you've been in the movie, and that's that's a big that's a big step. Where do you go from there? Uh, well, that is interesting. Uh, my career was when it when I, after I did Virgin, it had not come out, so it was sort of when right after it, nothing happened because it was sort of like okay, I, I did that film, but nobody knows about it. Um, it was I. It was starting to be advertised in like Variety and Hollywood Reporter, and I was really surprised that like my photo, a big photo of me, was there. And I'm thinking, who am I? Like nobody knows who I am. This is so bizarre. And then um, it wound up being a uh, 
then it wound up that I got the audition for Amityville Part 2, and so I auditioned for that, and that was in New York, and so I got that film. Um, what I didn't realize, and this is part of what my new book is about, um, is that at that time, there was nobody who, was, uh, who had curly hair. And so I discovered how important and how interesting my, it was to have curly hair in the entertainment business because um, I think I was the first actress with curly hair in the 80s. I think I kick-started the whole thing. So isn't that bizarre? So um, my second book, which is coming out in October, focuses on that. It has tons of pictures and uh, is actually called The Excellent Curls of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. So um, I will be coming out with that in October, but it brings up the point, why me? Why did I get all this opportunity? And I think part of it came from Last American Virgin. Good, uh, good call. Now, now, didn't you audition for Amadeus? Yes, I also did audition for Amadeus. I was on my way back from, um, I was on my way to do a film called Summer Girl, a CBS movie of the week, and I sat next to a gentleman, and his name was, um, uh, well, he played the part of Salieri, and it was um, F. Murray Abraham. And he had the script, uh, Amadeus, in his lap, and we were sitting in first class, and I looked over, and it's like, oh, he must be an actor. He's got his script. <laughs> I had no idea that it was this amazing actor. And he was just coming back from... Um, Florida, he had was had done uh, oh, Scarface, and so he said to me, you know, there's an actress in this film who would, there's a role in this film that you you be very right for, um, and I said, oh, that's really awesome, that's great, you know, but I didn't know anything about the script, and uh, they had already cast Meg Tilly for the role, so I didn't think anything of it. We we met each other, we talked, and and so I went off to do this movie of the week, and, and when it was done, I get this call from my agent, and she said. You, um, you have an audition in New York for Amadeus. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this the script that this guy was talking to me about um, on the plane? It was bizarre. So I got back to New York and um, I found out that Meg Tilly actually had broken her leg and she wasn't able to do the role and they needed a replacement really fast. So um, I auditioned and then they screen tested me and then they said okay we're gonna fly you and another girl uh, who is Elizabeth Barrage um, to Prague and we're gonna screen test you there so that, we went that's to a good Prague. place to get a screen test oh yeah exactly we had to screen test again in full costume and makeup every scene in the film so we went to Prague and auditioned and um, it was unbelievable it was like probably the hardest audition I've ever had in my entire life um, the pressure being alone, I was 20, I'm thinking 20, wait, was I 21 or 20, I think it was 21 when it happened, and um, yeah, 21, 22, around there, and auditioned every single scene, and then the director came over, oh, we wanted, we, we did, looked at the two tests, we wanted to do it all over again, both of you, and it was, we, it was the most grueling screen test ever. Um, and so we auditioned, and then afterwards, uh, Wheelosh said to me, you know, Diane, um, we have to make a decision, and we need to give the part to Elizabeth. And she, I mean, we were spoke sitting there. It was crazy. Um, and she looked more like the role, so it came down to more books. And then I was like, you know, whatever's best for the project. I was definitely emotional, you know, like I was, like, it was hard to deal with but you know if you there's more details on it in my book uh, my first book but it was um, that was definitely a turning point in my career because it was a you know I what direction do you go in life um, you know there's these moments in time where there's a door and you say do you go through the door or do you have to go through another door so uh, but the experience was amazing and awesome and I would do it again in a heartbeat just because it was such a growing and in intense experience. It was the height of, I would say, competition and yet at the same time skill, you know? It See, really was, so. That's good that you came away with it as a positive experience, even though you said you were emotional, because a lot of people would sit there and just be 
you know, people get, they'd be, they'd be irritated, but you know, it's like, oh, I didn't get it because I didn't look the right oh, no. part, but that's good that you got that. So that must've really, especially for being a young actor at the time. I mean, that had to be somewhat hard on you because, you know, you saw, you know, you said it was like one of your most grueling auditions ever, one of your hardest auditions. So it must've been something that it was good that you could keep positive after that. Well, I'll tell you what was the main thing. I had just come back to back from two movies of the week and, Deadly Lessons, um, and for ABC, it was a movie of the week where I was had a lead, and then Summer Girl, and I was exhausted, and I thought, okay, Elizabeth's going to do a great job in this role because she's fresh, because I really thought I am just exhausted, like, I just didn't think that I would be able to do, like, give it service, like, that it deserved, and so it was interesting because I really honestly felt like I, you know, whatever's best for the film. Like that's really the key. Whatever, whenever you go on an audition, if you, you know, if whatever happens, it's what's best for the material. It isn't about you, you know, it's about the, the project. Um, so although I, I, you know, it would have been an amazing personal experience. I thought it's best. So I remember, um, feeling like that when I was on the plane, the bizarre experience was on the way back in the plane, um, oh my gosh. So there's this plane. You When you go to Prague, you take a plane to Frankfurt, I think, and then you take a commuter plane to Prague. There's like a smaller plane. So we took the smaller plane, and then I think it was from Frankfurt to America. I think that was it. Or maybe it was the commuter plane. Anyway, I was in first class, and first class was empty. And I was like, okay, fine. Well, all of a sudden, the... the, the um, Sturdis comes over to me and says, could you please put your head between your legs? And I was like, okay, sure. I was very calm. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is the end. I wonder if this is the end of my life. Is this happening? I was very calm. It was very quiet. Uh, and the plane was going crazy. And it was like nuts. And there were other actors who were on the shoot from um, – from the film, but they decided to go business class or regular class. So it was really bumpy, really bumpy. And then we finally land the plane and I was very calm and I was really at peace. I thought, you know what? I've done everything I wanted to in my life. I had a great audition. It was like really seriously. I was like so chill. I get off the plane and people are hysterical. I mean, people are losing it, like tears and like screaming. And so what happened was <laughs> I realized that when you were, people were panicking back in like regular class, so I was realizing, gosh, you know, if you're going to go and you go, go first class because <laughs> it's so much calmer. It was unbelievable. I was like, I could not believe it that the hysteria had built. Everyone, I guess, thought they were going to die. And uh, I was just, you know, I just was very calm. So made me realize, you know, I, I mean, I was guess I was very at peace with everything, but also I thought, mm, I better go first class if I if I'm on a dangerous plane ride. So there. <laughs> that's that's good to know. Now then, now when did uh, Better Off Dead come along? And did you think that that movie? Every, I mean, it's one of those movies that everybody quotes it. You know, it, it's some, there's oh. some, like it's like Caddyshacks like that too. And I mean, if you talk to anybody. Uh, about it. It's always, I want my $2 and just all the different French fries, all that stuff. I mean, when you read it, would, did, did you get it on the first audition and did you have to go back a few times? And did you think, because it is, it's quirky. I mean, it's a very quirky movie. Yeah. Do you think it would just have this lasting power? I mean, as I said, if you're, if I'm at a bar and, you know, if they're flipping around if it, and as I said earlier, you know, if I was at a bar and you're flipping the TV and it comes on and someone's my age or 10 years younger and they don't know the movie. I, as I said, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like everybody yeah. knows it and everybody likes it. Cause it's just fun. Um, I just love better off dead. I feel so lucky that I was able to get uh, the role of Monique. I, it was very, very fun because I, I originally went up for Beth and then I found out, um, then Savage was like, I, I just, I don't know when I saw that part of Monique, I thought I'm going to just, I'm just going to try to, I'm going to just let them know I can do this. And so I took like this, it's the audition. I was like, I, I am French. Uh, I took like this and uh, I, and they were so, they started laughing and they, and I, so I just took a chance um, because I, when I read the script, I thought I have just got to play this, this role. I mean, I it just, I just felt it. Um, I also just finished another film where I had played someone who was French. So uh, I was very confident when I did it. And um, a little note to actors is that, you know, when you, look a certain way or you, you know, have a certain, um, 
kind of if you feel comfortable with a certain accent or um, role that you'd like to play, you know, research it so that when that role comes up, you are prepared and you are confident for it. Um, so here's the deal with Better Off Dead. It is such a hilarious movie. And I hope that that movie lasts forever because it is just just so funny. And I've met the nicest people. I, I will say this. Uh, you know, if you like Better Off Dead, you're a nice person. I mean, seriously. The people who love that film are such kind, nice people. I know a girl who, who I think she went on, um, is it Tinder? So it's like, she put like, if you don't like, if you, she put like, I want my $2. And if a guy doesn't know that, then she won't date him. That's, <laughs> well, as I said, that's the thing though. It's not one of those movies that, and because it, it was quirky and it, it didn't have a huge box office, but it just, it was like everybody you knew watched it. Yeah, it didn't have a huge box office at the time because the movies that it competed with were more highbrow films. I mean, if you were uh, Siskel and Ebert at the time, they were the big uh, reviewers, and you said that, you know, Better Off Dead was great. Um, you know, it, the problem with it is, like, if you have, like, $5 and you wanted to spend it on the movies, you know, they'd be more likely to, you know, uh, recommend Officer and a Gentleman, you know. Right. So it's like, it wasn't that Better Off Dead wasn't good. I'm sure they enjoyed it. But the problem was that they couldn't technically advise people to see it because it, when another film was that out at the time, they had to recommend that over it. So when it really hit was college. When people got their own VCRs, when we were able to watch videos at home or I mean, I mean at colleges oh my gosh it went crazy and you know students were like I am done with all my homework I want to relax I want to laugh I want to have fun so to me I think that's where it really exploded as you know something that a lot of people were able to see now did people start recognizing you and and did some that weren't familiar with your work before did they think you were actually French Oh, that's so fun. A fun question. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I was really recognized as much. Um, and maybe it's because I really tried to stay. Uh, like people didn't really know about me. Like I wasn't a well. I mean, people, I guess people knew who I was, but they didn't know about me. As an example, you know, today, like you're an inter you're an actor and we know like everything about a person personally, but you know, for at that time, as, as an actor, you didn't let people know too much about you because you wanted them to be involved in the story and believe, you know, believe I was really French, believe I was really English and Bill and Ted's, believe I was, you know, Karen and Last American Virgin. And to know too much about me would have been a disservice to the films, you know, because, again, that's what actors do. It's like you're playing a role. You want people to believe it. Um, but as years went on, I started realizing some people I think were recognizing me, but they weren't coming up to me and saying anything. So it wasn't until the past few years where people came up to me and said, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you were, I mean, just actually two days ago, somebody actually said to me, I had no idea that Monique Genet was the same person as Karen in Last American Virgin. And to me, that's the, the best compliment because my roles are so different and that's what feeds me. And you know, I love playing roles and characters that are so different that you wouldn't know it's the same person. See that, yeah, that's, that, that is, a, that's a great, you know, testimony. They didn't know it's the same person it shows the good uh, performance you gave. Now, what was it work like with uh, Savage Steve? Cause his movies were just different. I mean, it's just, it's, if you haven't seen the movie people, you yeah. better go read it. No, let's just put it this way. If one of my you, listeners, just real quick, if one of my listeners hasn't seen this show, I'm going to be pissed off. You have to do it tonight. Do it. I'm serious. Once you see Better Off Dead, you will understand what everyone is talking about. And the thing about it is, it's not that long a film. It's uh, it, it keeps pace. It's paced pretty fast um, because I think today with entertainment, it's very hard to watch things sometimes that take a long time. And I, I Better Off Dead, I think, is just a classic. You can pass this down through the generations because it's just it, what's really funny is you can watch it again and again you can watch what's in the background uh, Savage Steve Holland was a was an is started as an animator and so he understood picture he understood every part of the photograph has meaning so you'll see in the movie like things going on in the background that you may have not noticed the first time you were watching it so I highly recommend it. And then my listeners can listen to this, watch that, and then go back yeah. and listen to the Amanda Weiss interview because she was in it. Oh, 
I love her. And you interviewed Amanda as well? Yeah, she was on it. So it's it's a oh. matter of, you know, so people, then you sit there, you get, you go, wow, this is just, I, I mean, Cusack was in it. So, you know, you know, so people, you'll enjoy it. So now, now did, did, did you, I mean, now do, do people still come up to you and say, you know. I want my $2. <laughs> any of that, because it's, as I said, you're right. It's, it's stayed. And now with, it's so easy to watch stuff these days that, mm-hmm. you know, have, I mean, do people still recognize you from that, even though it was many years ago? Oh, yes. Well, here's some fun little thing. Here's some fun things going on. So first of all, I do conventions. And so when I go to these conventions, I have one coming up October, I think it's 8th and 9th in Louisiana, Louisiana Comic Con. Um, and I will be actually there with Kim LaBelle, uh, who uh, is now, I think she changed her name to Kimberly Cates, but she played the other princess in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Um, and we will both be there. And at these conventions, I bring the coat that I wore from Better Off Dead, that big, big, oversized coat. And what I do at these conventions is I let people wear the coat for photos with me so that they can feel like they're actually wearing a real piece of um, film memorabilia from the film. And then I have pictures that they can uh, buy if they like as well. But um, uh, it's just a fun experience. So First of all, so yes, I bring back the memory of Better Off Dead and the coat um, and uh, the fun 80s memories at these conventions. And if you're interested in finding out about more conventions, then go to, um, I think my Facebook is packed. It's full, unfortunately. I tried to open another Twitter, but they closed me down. So um, I guess just go to Twitter, uh, Diane Franklin 80 um, on Twitter and then just friend me and or like whatever Twitter me, and so that I'll let you know what's going on, what's happening. So that's going on, and then I also um, uh, will be going with Deborah Foreman to that, as you said, the um, the '80s weekend uh, in D- the Dominican Republic in November 2017, which is a whole weekend of '80s uh, music and actors. I think Andrew McCarthy is yeah. going to be there now. Yep. Um, Crazy. It's like um, amazing. We're going to go there for a week and I'm finally going to meet Deborah Foreman, who I've not met. We've just been Facebook friends. So I can only tell you that it's we've been really supportive of each other. I'm a big fan of her work um, from Valley Girl and uh, my chauffeur. Um, and now and then like if we could just get Amanda there. That would be really fun, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because Deb, that's why I contacted you because Deborah said, oh, you should have Diane on. So then, you know, because I had Deborah on, I think, last week or two weeks. I don't even know. My um, shows run together. But um, in women, you have good taste. <laughs> I, hey, I, you know, I, as I always tell people, you know, I get I get guests pitched to me a lot. And I tell people, I, unfortunately, I book, and this is not self, I guess it's a little selfish, I book guests that interest me. I book guests that I grew up with and I watched and I remember, because I'm I'm an 80s junkie, man. I love all that stuff. And that's the thing, because then they're usually my age. I can talk to them, you know, I mean, and that's what's important. Because, you know, as I said, you know, better off dead, another example. Now, now, I got to ask you a question about better off dead. Yes. We, was, was his house, was his house in Glendale? Did they shoot in Glendale? Yeah, I think it, it, I think it was. In fact, I was thinking how fun would it be maybe one day, well, to do, uh, like, uh, to, to go there. Um, although it probably wouldn't be fun for the people who own the house. But, <laughs> like, for me to go there and then take pictures in front of the house with people might be something I'm, I do in the future. That would be kind of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it is. It's, it's very local. And I... I think, yeah, I did live in L.A. when I did Better Off Dead. Yeah. So um, I didn't live there, live here when I was doing Virgin. And Amityville, we did in um, Tom's River, New Jersey. Tom's River. We did the outside scenes for you, New Jersey guys. I know. That's um, Central Jersey. That's an hour from me. Isn't that? That's so funny, right? How close everything is. Um, and then um, the interiors we did in Mexico. Um, but, yeah, it, it's pretty. Better Off Dead. I just, what a great film. And you asked about Savage. Savage, Steve Holland, is the sweetest guy. If you like Better Off Dead, that is Savage. He is like that film. He is adorable, sweet, funny. Um, it's I, I still, I mean, I see him today. Um, I see E.G., I see Amanda, I see Curtis. Um, my daughter, she does um, improv at Second City uh, in the in this show called After Dark with Julian, Julian Clark. And uh, Curtis was a guest. 
So I showed up one day as like when they did the show in the audience and he was like talking and everything. And then I kind of waved to him from the audience and he went, oh my gosh. It was <laughs> so it was very funny. Like, and then like he was on stage, my daughter was in the scene. So it was kind of like, look at that. Like it all comes 360. We all see each other again. Um, so it, it, it was just great things. Also, I was uh, like last year, I think was the 30th anniversary of Better Off Dead. And I did a, a stage reading in San Francisco with John Hedder. Um, he played Lane and he was a huge fan of Better Off Dead. So or he is a huge fan. So you never know where your, where your um, films go. I, I, I would love to, as you are, like contact, con contact or connect with people who are actors who have seen my film that, you know, I mean, like, again, like Deborah Foreman would never know that I liked Valley Girl, except for the fact that I contacted her and said, oh my gosh, you're awesome. And then she was like, oh my gosh, I love Better Off Dead. And so what's so great about that is the camaraderie as actors and actresses. I, I just think it's brilliant. Well, it is. And it's so funny. And it's a big circle. I and mean, I get that through the, sh the show. Right? Like, I mean, I know, you know, I get a lot of uh, the male character actors. I know, you know, which guys... You can tell when someone says they're having an audition or whatever, you know which guys were also auditioning for that or were up for the role because you get to know and these guys have become friends because Bye. they've been here forever and they've been working forever. And as they tell me, when they started out, it was a, a thousand, then 500. And he goes, now there's like 50 of us left. And what? we sit there and we know whoever gets the role is going to nail it because we're all talented and good. Right. You know, and you know, the other thing too, when, when we were younger, we didn't know each other and we would audition for parts, but we, we'd never meet each other because it would be their, you know, another other actress or you getting the role. So now for me with these conventions, what's so exciting is I get to see all these other actresses that I, and I get to say, I loved your work in this. I loved your work in that. And, you know, we get to share that experience, uh, which to me is wonderful. I remember, um, I met, um, uh, Christopher Atkins. I had never met him and he was at a convention and I finally got to say, oh my gosh, I loved you in Blue Lagoon. You were awesome. And you, you know, I got to see your work and it just, it's, it's, I mean, it's so long ago, but it, at the same time I thought how lucky I am to be able to see all these people and, and connect with them. And you've been in these cult. I mean, like, look, you were in Bill and Ted's. I mean, what was that like? That was another cult. Oh, love. I mean, you must have fans because that's another movie that holds up and people still watch. Oh, totally. I love Bill and Ted's, and I love playing the English princess. Um, I really um, am excited because I guess Keanu and um, Alex are thinking of doing a Bill and Ted's 3, which, if I'm in it or not, is going to be hilarious because the idea of old-school Bill and Ted and perhaps little Bill and Ted's is just the cutest. <laughs> so... Um, uh, they know that uh, Kimberly and I are interested, but it, wouldn't that be great? Just oh, yeah. wouldn't that be just awesome? I mean, so funny. And um, just I, I'm just hoping that it'll happen. But, um, you know, obviously Bill and Ted, we were in, I was in the first one, and I just loved, you know, the film. I loved being, you know, working with those guys. We were shooting in Rome in a castle. I mean, it was stunning. It was it was like shooting in a museum. That's how wonderful it was, and uh, we we hung out, you know, um, like in between sets and like in between shots, and just got to know each other. And we even went sightseeing together. Uh, it was really really fun. Um, and those guys are just lovely. And I was so happy that I got to work with Keanu in a comedy because I guess I got to, I got to see like this light, fun, cute guy that. Afterwards, his work was more serious, so I feel like I was the luckiest princess of all, right? You know. <laughs> now, now you said you you when did you write your first book, and and what made you decide to write it? Good. Okay, I wrote it in two thousand and twelve, um, and what made me decide to write it was my daughter uh, and son. And actually, this is how it went. What happened was, I realized I had a lot of acting. Experience experience and acting information and I didn't really know if anyone was that interested but I knew that my kids would always see me as mom as they should right I mean that's so I was keeping all this stuff but I thought you know originally to give to them and then I thought wait a minute they don't care they want me as mom pictures of us and hanging out and so I thought um, maybe people are interested in the in my work because especially because I started so young and and 
and I knew like people at that by that time it was like okay let's see so what I did was I made my own book I actually like handmade a book and I went to a convention and I I sold it at the convention uh, signed it and for people and I thought and there were limited like maybe a hundred of these books and I thought okay let me just see if people would even be interested and people loved it they they bought them. They like loved it. So then I thought, okay, well then it's worth it for me to attempt to publish. So I decided to publish my own book, the first one in 2012, because uh, and I wanted to do it um, on my own. At first, I thought, well, maybe I'll get a publisher to do it. But then I realized, you know, if I go to a publisher, they're going to have their own skew on it. Like, um, you know, like Molly Ringwald did a book, and they and they wanted her to do makeup tips, and it was like. You know, really, like, everyone wants to know about Molly Ringwald. They want to know about her and her career. They want to go down nostalgia lane. They want to visit her that way. So I thought if I publish my own book, then I can write it with everything I want to write, my, with my cadence um, in, the, in the writing, um, with pictures that I think would be great. And um, so I just, it's very personal and very, uh, it took, a, took a, about a year to write. It was just very, very... To my to my heart, dear to my heart, it was. It's not like something you can find anywhere. So, so I published it, and people loved it, and it's on Amazon. People can still get it, and if they buy it, um, they can send it to me, and I can sign it, or um, they can also come to conventions and bring the book, and I will sign it. So um, that's really fun. And then I decided to write the second book because I wasn't actually going to write a second book at all. But when uh, but I had a bunch of pictures, and then I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll just do, because the first book I have is pictures, but I wanted to do something with a lot of pictures, like a pictorial autobiography, because, again, like, I have so much, I've done so much work, and I saved so much stuff, and so when I started going through the pictures, that's when I realized, wait a minute, wait a minute, these memories started coming back to me about being an actress and having curly hair, and all of a sudden, I realized, hey, there's something going on here. I definitely had made an impact on the business in a big way. And so I started looking at like all my information and background information. And so I put together this book, and it's actually being edited right now. Um, but because I'm self-publishing, I'm going to be able to get it out pretty soon. So I'm hoping to get it out in October. I've been saying this for a long time, hoping, um, but it looks pretty good. And... The guy who's editing my um, my book, he's a huge 80s fan, and he he loves it. He loves it. So he's like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool, which made me really excited um, because, obviously, he's the first person to see it other than myself. So, um, And this book will have uh, Brett Ratner uh, as, uh, has done my foreword, which is very interesting, very cool. And uh, he's a huge fan of Last American Virgin, and it just – what he wrote is so appropriate to what my book is about that I couldn't, I was just so grateful for having him taking the time to write it. It's so thoughtful and, and so heartfelt. I'm just the luckiest person in the world to have him do it. So, um, so that's coming out, but Steve, guess what else is going to happen? What? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. I know I'm talking so much, but I have so much to say, and this is just super cool. So I started doing this and then, um, all of a sudden, like, I had a fan, you asked me if I remembered, uh, from Better Off Dead, who contacted me in the spring, and they had a film that they wanted me to be in, and they offered me a role for a movie called uh, Waking Nightmare. And Waking Nightmare is a thriller, and they offered me this role to play this huge part in this film, um, and Shelley Regner, who is uh, plays one of the Bellas in the uh Pitch Perfect movies. She plays my daughter, and David Naughton is in it as well, and Jamin, Jameson uh, Newlander is in it. He plays my husband, and so it's a lot of '80s names. He was in Lost Boys, and so um, we're we're we did this film, and I have one more scene to shoot, and it will be done. And so I don't know if that's going to be on Netflix or Amazon. We'll we'll find out. But um, so I started acting again, and. Um, that is one film, I, it's a waking nightmare, so you want to keep your ear open for that. And then I just finished another film, another actor, um, another filmmaker uh, contacted me regarding uh, 
being in a, a psychological thriller called The Final Interview, and that is completed and is being edited right now, and that may go to Sundance. Uh, they're going to see if they can get it in to a uh, film festival there. Um, and both of these roles, you have never seen me act like this. Like, that's what's so exciting. We were talking about, like, Better Off Dead and Last American Virgin, you know, even Terror Vision, so many different kinds of roles. These roles, you have never seen me act like this. They are so cool, and I am so excited. See, and uh, it's going to be great. That's I, awesome. I yeah, it's amazing. It's a whole crazy. So I, I love being known as a 80s actress, but just letting you know. Now, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. But it's whistling. I don't know what that is. Yeah, hold on. Somebody was trying to call me. Um, I don't know who it is. But anyway, I'm just so excited that I, I mean, not only to act again, and I will. I love being known as an 80s actress. I think that is, to me, like, I, it's a gift. It's fabulous. Um, but I think what's really fun is to also see that, like, you know, 80s actresses, we've got it going on. I mean, Amanda Wiss is working. She's doing films. And now, you know, Winona Ryder's working, and she's doing her television show. And so I think it's just exciting to see a lot of 80s actresses working again. It's just, um, it's a gift, It's and it's awesome. And it's, it's great. Nice, you know, in your careers, you and know? It, yeah, and it's great for us, us, you know, as people, as I said, because we, we all are around the same age, so we've grown up. You know, yep. so you see someone, you know, that you saw as... You know, a kid, and you know, and the, I mean, what you, the parts you play, and now you play a more mature role, which you should, because you're yeah. more mature, and and it's a great, it's a great thing. Now we only have a few minutes left. How did you yeah. get involved in the conventions? Oh wait, I'm sorry. How did I get involved in the conventions? Oh, um, I actually there was an actor um, who, well, what? Okay, the the guy Scott. I'm trying to say. Schwartz? Um, Schwartz, yeah, thank you. I was, how could I forget his name? Scott, Scotty Schwartz got me into it because Scotty was, uh, he, I found out, like, I met his dad, actually, uh, and then his dad turned me on to him, and he did these conventions, and he said, oh, why don't you try one of these? They're kind of fun, and I was like, okay, it was a local one at first. It was in Burbank, and uh, it was the Hollywood show, I think, and after I did it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really fun, and so, but this was probably, I guess, maybe 2011, I started doing them, something like that, or 10 or 11, and uh, it was a blast. I had a great time, and I think what makes me so happy about the conventions is I get to go down memory lane with people. I get to talk about the films, and what they loved about it, and you know, it really just brings back nostalgic memories. And I think I'm just nostalgic as well. I, I, I love. I mean, I'm very much in the present. I love things happening today. I'm excited, but I just, I love going and talking about those '80s films. It's so much fun, and the music was great, and it was an upbeat decade. And I'm an upbeat person, so it kind of works with my personality. <laughs> well, that's, that's cool, and you are upbeat. And that's good. I, I, I always like. When guests have good stories, it makes my job so easy because mm. you guys talk, and that's what I, that's why you're the people don't listen to hear me talk; they listen to hear my guests talk. But uh, well, you got a good one here, but, and you know what's funny too? I just have to preface this: you know, people who've listened to me before, I'm talking really fast because I have a lot of things I want to say, and I know everyone's on a time time limit, you know, like, you know, we've only got a certain amount of time, but when I'm acting and when I'm like a person, you know, I just, I take my time. Yeah. I really relax, but I'm just so excited and so honored to every, every time anyone remembers me from a film, I just think it's so uh, special and, and it, it really is a gift. And I'm humbled by the fact that people uh, still remember me because it is not a given. Well, so thank you. That's thank you awesome. for, for and uh, thank you. Uh, now, give all how how do people get in touch with you? Just Twitter. Okay, so you can you. If, I mean, I'm sure people can friend me on Facebook. Um, you know what? I would do go to my go to Diane Franklin the fan site, the official fan site, and friend me there. And I do post things um, on the general fan page. Um, and then Diane Franklin Twitter, uh, Diane Franklin eighty, definitely go to there. Because uh, that's probably the quickest information you'll get. Um, you can go to Diane to be with you on Instagram, but I don't know if they want to do that. D I A N E T O B E Y O U, and um, you can also um, 
And then if you're interested in my book, this one, uh, my first book, you'll get on Amazon. The second one, I'm going to see if I can get it at Barnes & Noble. So we'll see. Cool. Uh, but just be in touch with me the other ways, and then you'll know what's going on. Great. So people, follow her. Follow me on Twitter, at CooperTalk. You can follow me. You go to my website, CooperTalk.net. I have over 550 episodes up there. Email me, Cooper, at CooperTalk.net. Don't forget my new sponsor, uh, Blowfish for Hangovers, go to fourhangovers.com, type in Cooper, and you get 20% off. And don't forget my other website, stopthesalt.com, my low-sodium cookbook I cooked that made after I uh, had my health problems. You can get it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon, but if you go to stopthesalt.com, order it from me, I make more money, and I will sign it for you. And also, Instagram and words with friends that will play you it's cooper talk one so do all that stuff and do me a favor if you haven't seen it what is your problem get off your ass and get better off dead so that's, you have to go get it anyway i'm steve cooper i'm only as hip as my guest don't forget drink your water eat your vegetables take your vitamins and i will talk to you guys next week have a great weekend and remember better off dead au revoir